began a series a few weeks ago stemming from Isaiah chapter 54 verses 1 and 2. Sing forth, break forth into song. It was about the Israelites and their Babylonian captivity and God giving them a word that if they would sing, God would get them out of their captivity. Very powerful. The idea that there's power in a song, the idea that we can sing a song and God will show up. Again, as I stated last week, it's an interesting recipe prescription for breakthrough. There's power in a song. Now, if I were to ask you, if your life would be a song, what kind of genre would it be? Would your life be a love song? Would it be a country western song? I'm not judging. I like country western. I do. So I'm one of those guys. I like, I'm eclectic. I like every type. But the majority of country western songs, it's about losing your wife, your dog being run over by a tractor trailer, <laughs> and the lack of whiskey. So, I mean, what is it? What would be your genre? What would be your song? What kind of genre would it be? What kind of song would it be? What if I tell you there's a song in the book of Revelation that is amazing? Out of all the songs in the Bible, this song, which has three different parts to it, may arguably be the number one hit song. It's the new song of Revelation chapter 5. Let me show you what's happening here. There's a man named John. John is the favorite of Jesus. I'm not saying that John actually wrote that. Pretty self-serving if you think about it. But that's just called humility? Okay. So John, out of all the disciples, one of the youngest disciples, the favorite of Jesus, he was around when he was crucified, and he actually, Jesus gave him a word about taking care of Mary. I mean, this guy was pretty favored. At the end of the day, when the other disciples were basically martyred, John was over 80 years of age. And the Lord says, you know what, John? You did right. So I'm going to bless you with the revelation. The revelation is a vision of what will take place in the last days. And he gave it to this guy named John on the island of Potmos. He's already a senior citizen, already goes to Denny's and gets discounts. Somebody said amen. <laughs> oh, God bless for the Denny's discount. It's, and, and you get, <laughs> this John was getting discounts everywhere. And all of a sudden God says, I'm going to show you what's going to happen in the last days. And I want you to write it down. Hence, that's the book of Revelation. There was a portion of that revelation that's very intriguing, Revelation chapter 5. Let me tell you what John wrote, full of the Holy Spirit now. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne, like a book, like a scroll. There was writing on the inside and outside of the scroll, but it was sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice. Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth, wow, was able to open and read it. So I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. He was, he was crying. So John sees one of the most important books, scrolls in all of the universe. And no one's able to open it up. So John begins to cry because no one is worthy of opening it up until, verse 5, but one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. 
He is worthy to open up the book, to open up the scroll, and it's seven seals. So all of a sudden, John is crying. No one can open up the most, one of the most important books in all of the universe. And all of a sudden, the el- one of the elders says, no, 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 let not your heart be troubled. The lion of the tribe of Judah, who has already won the victory, he is worthy of opening it up. Then I saw a lamb that looked as it had been slaughtered, but now it was standing. Then they sang the song. I want to speak to you on the subject matter. Sing that song. Sing to the lamb with the roar of a lion. The roar song, Katy Perry, don't get jealous on me real quick right now. Because (laughs) the first point I want to share with you is, I want to, this is so exciting. I want to put this in perspective. First of all, it says, it, it, it said that, okay, okay, okay. No one was able to open up the book. And John says, no one. So he starts to cry. So John's crying. No one's able. All of a sudden, the elder comes along and says, stop weeping. Stop weeping. The lion of the tribe of Judah has won the victory. By the way, I'm going to use the same phrase. Not that he will win. He won. I'm going to say that one more time. Not, Jesus is not going to win one day. Jesus already triumphed on the cross. You and I should be excited that the God that we serve is not just any God. This is not a defeated God or a God that is waiting to one day rise up. The God that we serve, the Jesus that we serve, is not going to defeat the devil one day. He already defeated the devil. He already defeated the grave. He already defeated sin and death. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah who won the victory. Are you with me right now? So whatever you're confronting and whatever you're facing and whatever you're fighting, I have great news for you. Rejoice. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has already won. So it says, listen, stop weeping. Stop weeping. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, he has already won the victory. He has won the victory already. I'm going to show you. Who's, what? The lion. He's going to open it up. So John says, show me the lion. Show me the lion. Read it. And then all of a sudden behind the curtain, who comes out? A lamb. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Read it. The, the one who's worthy to open the book is a lion. Hey, hey, John, stop weeping. The lion's going to open it up. The lion's going to open it up. The lion's going to open it up. And John goes, go ahead, show me the lion. And behind the curtain comes out a lamb. A lamb who was slaughtered but was still standing. Oh, this will preach in a second. Show me a lamb that was slaughtered but is still standing. And I will show you the lion of the tribe of Judah. No, you're missing it. A lamb that was crucified. A lamb that shed his blood. A lamb that gave it all. But he was still standing. The lamb wasn't seated. The lamb wasn't resting. The lamb wasn't in a fetal position. The lamb wasn't in a box. The lamb was still standing. How many here are great that Jesus is still on the throne? How many are grateful that he's still standing? 
No, no, no. As long as Jesus is standing, you're going to stand. As long as Jesus is victorious, you have the victory. As long as Jesus is on top, you will be on top. Are you with me right now? Jesus. That is Jesus. Jesus is the lamb and the lion. John chapter 1 verse 29. John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of all mankind. Later on, John 1.36, the same John explicitly identifies Jesus Christ is the lamb of God. Jesus is the lamb and the lion. I need you to hear me. Jesus is the lamb and the lion. Jesus is the lamb and the lion. I'm going to do that one more time. Jesus is the lamb and the lion. He is the lamb that was slaughtered but is still standing. I need you to put a positive outlook on your life because the God that we're serving is not just any God. He's not a religious figure and, and, and he's not even the one depicted as the one that is permanently on the cross. The problem with that imagery is that he's not permanently on the cross. He came out of the cross. He came out of the tomb and he is standing right now on behalf of you and me. Are you with me? Are you with me right now? It's about Jesus. And in this church, I want to make it clear. Just like they sang that song and worshiped the lamb who is the lion. In this church, we don't give glory. We don't give praise. We don't worship anything else than Jesus. We're all about Jesus in this house. If you're looking for an environment where they don't mention Jesus too much because it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you're probably in the wrong place. Because I promise you, I'm making a covenant. And, I'm, and I'm, this is not rhetoric or emotionalism. I'm, I'm, Samuel Rodriguez, in the name of... I'm going to tell you this. As long as I am pastor, every single service you come to, you will hear Jesus. No, you will hear... I'm not just going to talk about air and love and wind and a hug. I'm going to tell you that there's power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you that there's salvation in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you that there's deliverance in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you that there's eternity in the name of Jesus. Because it is the name that is above every single other name. It is the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It is the name to by which salvation has come unto all mankind. Yes, we have a church of Jesus freaks. And we're not ashamed of lifting up the name of Jesus. We're not ashamed of worshiping the name of Jesus. We're not ashamed of... Because in this house, Jesus set us free. In this house, Jesus broke the chains. In this house, Jesus did away with addiction. In this house, Jesus healed the cancer. Jesus healed the diabetes. Jesus turned... In this house, Jesus showed up and saved our marriage. Jesus showed up and healed our family. Jesus showed up and set our children free. In this house... Yeah, just in case we're not clear. Jesus is both a lamb and a lion. And we become more and more like Jesus, maturing in his word. In the presence and the workings of the Holy Spirit in us, we must walk and live more like him, which means Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ 
have put on Christ. The Apostle Paul says this. If you're a Christ follower, you need to put on the fullness of Jesus. Stop for a second. Now, it, John says that Jesus is both a lamb and a Paul says, if you're a Christ follower, you have to put on Jesus, which means put on the fullness of Jesus, be who Jesus is. So if Jesus is both a, that means you and I have to be. So everyone in this auditorium right now and those that are watching, if you're a Christ follower, you have to be both like a, I didn't say a pussycat now, I said a. Are you with me right now? I didn't say meow, meow, baby. I need the world. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to, oh boy, help us. I'm going to say it. The world is full. If we continue this biblical metaphor, I didn't give it. That's biblical symbolism. It, 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 if we live in a world, matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be. We live in a, if we're going to continue this narrative, we live in a world full of hyenas. We live in a world full of hyenas that are mocking and laughing. We live in a world of serpents that want to poison our families and our dreams and our destinies. And we live in a world full of wolves. Some of them in sheep's clothing. In other words, the world doesn't need more pussycats. The world needs a bunch of holy lions to rise up and unleash a righteous roar. Are there any lions in the house here today? Are there any lions that are willing to shout and roar? As Christians, we have to be both lions and lambs. Oh, are there any questions? I want to lay out some things for you real quick here. Put on the imagery, please. Put on the graphic. A few years ago for a Bible study, I picked this up in one of my studies. And, and, it, and when I saw it, it, it got to me. It, it ministered to me. This is a lion who has been through a battle. Look at the scars. Look at the blood. Look at the scars. And yet the lion was still standing. Some of those lions and the, the, the stuff that I saw on television, the National Geographic Discovery, your pastor is a nerd and I'm proud of it. Some of the stuff I saw was pretty unbelievably compelling. In one of the ones, the, the lion was, was diverted from his task and he was bringing stuff to his kids and he was diverted because the enemies were, were attempting to come here and, and just so he, he went here, they segued here. I just had an experience this past Monday. I was en route to preach in Chicago for Bill Winston's International Faith Conference. Pastor Phyllis was there for the conference and she behaved. Anyway, the point is that and, and, and didn't kick her out on that conference. There was, there was another conference. Can't bring that one up. It's under the blood anyway. But, but but we go to Chicago. I'm kidding. They kicked her off two conferences. Anyway, so this is a true story now. Not that part, this part. On, uh, get the emails. So uh, on Monday, true story, George Hicks and I, so Monday morning we left. The conference is that night. It's in Chicago, and we left in Sacramento. So I'm going to arrive in the afternoon, have a couple of hours, lay over, get changed, and, and go preach. And I'm the, I'm the only speaker, and it's one of the largest conferences in the country. And it's televised on television, so it's pretty, pretty important conference. And I'm the only speaker that night. So, yeah, I mean, I left the same day, but I've never had any issues. <sighs> Not this time. We leave Sacramento. We're, right, we're about 15 minutes away from Chicago. And we know because they said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, put your seat upright, you know, fasten your seatbelt. We're about to land. We're 20 minutes, now 15 minutes about to land. We're 15 minutes away to land Chicago here. 
All of a sudden, the pilot says this, ladies and gentlemen, I have bad news for you. You don't want to hear that from your pilot. And I'm going like, oh, wow. He goes, well, ladies and gentlemen, here's the bad news. We, we are being diverted. We're going to have to land at another airport, not in Chicago. I'm going, what? The, the pilot says, we're going to divert to another airport, and I can't even tell you what time we're leaving from that airport. The reason is because they saw some lightning in the region. In Chicago, I guess, if there's lightning in a one million mile radius, you can't land in the airport. I'm, I'm being facetious, but... And it was sunny. We put up the windows, and it was nice outside. So we're going, like, what just happened? So he goes, we're diverting you. First, he said, Milwaukee. He says, we're going to take you to Milwaukee. And I'm going, Milwaukee? The only thing in Milwaukee I know is Laverne and Shirley and the Fonz. <laughs> We're going to make our... Anybody under 35 is asking questions right now. So Milwaukee, God bless Milwaukee. We love Milwaukee, the Brewers, Laverne and Shirley, and the Fonz. But I'm going, wow. So I'm going on Google going, how far is Milwaukee from Chicago? I'm going, this is doable. We could drive, George, we could rent a car, we could drive, we just do our thing because we're not going to stop the assignment. All of a sudden, we're about to go to Milwaukee. Pilot says, nope, not Milwaukee anymore. We're going to have to be diverted to Madison, Wisconsin. That's what I said. <laughs> well, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going, Wisconsin, cheese. What's God bless Wisconsin? But I had Madison, the University of Wisconsin. The only, and I'm thinking like, wow, <clears throat> we, we land Madison, Wisconsin. Pilot says, we're not allowed to take you to a gate. Because we were diverted, we have to refuel here, not go to a gate, and we have to go. Now, once we're refueled, I'll let you know where we're going up, but we can't go to a gate. I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm already late. And he said, I don't know what time we're leaving. But then he said something to the prophetic that messed me up. He says, but let not your heart be troubled. Then that boy began to preach. He said, let not your heart be troubled. He says, this is why. FAA rules. If your flight was diverted, there are other planes. He goes, he started preaching. I'm going. I, he goes, there are other planes coming into Chicago here, one of the busiest airports in America. International flights inclusive. This is not a big plane, but there are larger planes coming into Chicago. He goes, but let not your heart be troubled because this flight has priority above all the other flights. He says, the FAA says that if you have been diverted, you have priority to get to your destination. I'm preaching to everyone this year who has been diverted. I'm preaching to everyone where something showed up and you ended up over here when you thought you were gonna end up over here. I want you to know, don't, let not your heart be troubled because you have priority to get to your destination. If this is for you, shout like you're on your way. Somebody should be praising like you're on your way. Shout like you're on your way. Worship like you're on your way. This lion was diverted. Let me tell you about the lion. I want you to hear this. 
because we are both lambs and lions. I'm going to lay this out for you, and then I'll take your questions. All right. He, he was, I'm sorry, he was the lion. The, the, the elder said, don't stop, stop weeping. Don't worry, because the lion of what? I'm sorry, he's not just the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of? This is, Judah means Jesus is the lion of the tribe of praise. Now you miss it. Jesus is the lion of the people that know how to worship. Jesus is the lion of the people that know how to lift up his name. Jesus is the lion of the people that know how to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Jesus is the lion of the people that know how to praise him in and out of season. Jesus is the lion of the people that don't get tired of lifting up their hands and shouting unto God with the voice of triumph. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of... So let me give it to you. If you're taking any notes... Number one, a lion marks his territory with his roar. Do your Google due diligence. A lion's roar can be heard a distance of approximately five miles. The lion marks its territory with its roar. Simply stated, if you can hear my roar, that belongs to me. My territory is marked by my roar. The, I, if you could only under Amos chapter 3 verse 8, all biblically substantiated, the lion has roared. So who isn't frightened of that roar? The sovereign Lord has spoken. So who can refuse to proclaim his message? If a lion can mark his territory with a roar, imagine what we can do with our praise. I need you to hear me. The lion sh- roars. And if you could hear the roar, however far it gets to, that's his fence. That's his territorial line. I need you to hear me. Your roar is your expression of your faith. Your roar is your praise. It is your worship. It is your prayer life. But you need to roar the word of God. It, it, don't, don't give out. Again, this is not meow, meow. We're not talking about a pussycat. We're talking about lions. And we have people that look like lions, but they roar like pussycats. Because they don't know the word of God. They know religion. They know how to come to church on a Sunday, but they don't get into the word of God. And and are you with me? If all you are is full of hype, then you're a pussycat that looks that you're a wannabe lion, but you don't have a roar. What God is looking for a lion that when you roar, the word of God comes out. When you roar, the promises of God come out. When you roar, the statues of God come out. When you roar, this comes out. Are you with me? Know the word. Memorize the word. Live the word. Do the word. Express the word. Proclaim the word. You mark your territory with your roar. You need to release a roar upon your family. You need to release a roar in your marriage. You need to release a roar upon your children. Are you with me? Are you with me right now? Roar, 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 roar. As a matter of fact, there are things. Let's go real quick. Number two, the lion wins the majority of his battles with his roar, which means what? The majority of battles are not done with his claws, his paws, or even his bite. He wins the battle with what comes out of his mouth. There are things that you are fighting that you should be praising through. There are things that you can obtain through your praise and your worship and your prayer life. What comes out of your mouth has more power than what comes out of your physical hand. You need to believe with me that what comes out of your mouth can make the hyenas and the serpents and the wolves flee. 
but you gotta open up your mouth listen to me God's not going to open up your mouth for you God's not gonna go you need to open it up and say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world you need to open it up the lions roar for their prey for what they seek and want Psalm 104.21 says it. The lion roar for what they want and seek. Wow. Number four, a lion's roar provokes his children to come back. I'm going to read it. Hosea chapter 11 verse 10. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his son shall come trembling from the west. The prophetic imagery of Jesus, the lion roaring, and his children coming back to him empowers us with the anointing to roar our children back to praise and pray our children back. Here it is. Your roar will prompt your children to come back. If you're worried about your children and about being lost and being bound, I want you not to be a lamb right now. I need you to be a lion. No, you're missing it. Don't forget, let me repeat, you're a vertical lamb and a horizontal lion. When you're confronting the hyenas and the serpents and the wolves, you can't be a lamb, baby. You gotta be a lion. In the presence of God, you are a lamb. But in the presence of your enemies, you must be a lion. So if whatever, whatever serpent is trying to poison your children and your family, right now let the lion rise up and roar. Because I am believing, I said I am believing that you and your house will be saved. I am believing that your children are coming back home. I'm going to say it. I am believing that your children and your children's children are coming back home. I'm declaring that the children, the prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home. If you believe it, roar like a lion, shout like a lion. If you need a family member to come back home, raise one hand. If you need a lot of family members to really come back spiritually home, to the home, to the house of Christ, raise both hands. Can you believe and come in agreement with me that our children and our children's children will come back home? All right, let me, let me, this is quick, this is quick. This is my favorite one. The lion with the scar. Proverbs 28 verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. And that lion, let me show you something here. When the hyenas, which is the arch enemies, if you've seen Lion King. So let's sing that song. In the jungle. The mighty jungle. Stop it. Okay. When the hyenas, in real life, when the hyenas attack the lions, they look for something. This is what they look for. Put aside the roar. When the hyenas, because the hyenas are, I, I know you're missing the irony here. The number one enemies of the lion are a bunch of animals that like to laugh. The enemy of the roar is the world's laughter. The enemy of the prophetic roar is the pathetic laugh. It's the enemy's mockery of your circumstance. The devil likes to laugh. When you're broken, do you think the devil is like, oh, oh, he's broken. The devil's laughing at you when you surrender. 
when you surrender to sin and temptation, when you let the devil get away with murder, when you let your flesh overcome your spirit, when you, deviate, when you, when you, when you start believing that God is no longer with you, when, when, when you start questioning the promises of God, the devil doesn't go like, oh, look at him, he's questioning. The devil is cracking up. The devil's laughing at you. I'm, I'm not kidding. There are demons and principalities that sound like a bunch of hyenas. And all they do is laugh at your failure, laugh at your doubt, laugh at your unbelief, laugh at your circumstance. But you know what they look for, the hyenas in the real world, in the Discovery National Geographic world? Do you know what they look for when the hyenas are ready to attack the lions? They don't attack just any lion. Brother Sean, they look for something. I'm going to tell you what it is. They look for scars. Google it. No, you missed it. This is what the hyenas do in the animal kingdom. If that guy, if that lion has a scar, we're going to avoid him. Because if he has a scar, it means that he knows how to fight. All the people here who have never been through anything, this is not for you. All the people here that are so pristine that you don't have any scars in your life, this is not for you. But I'm talking about to everybody here. I'm talking about to everyone watching online right now. You've been through something. You survived something. Are you with me? I didn't say you were wounded. I said you have a scar. A scar is a wound that has been healed, but it's still a scar. I'm talking to you. That scar, when you got it, it hurt you. When you got it, you bled. When you got it, it made you uncomfortable. But now, there are things that will not dare touch you because of what you went through. Are there any surviving lions in the house here today? Stand with me. You already are. I dare you to look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I've been through something, but I'm still here. No, 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 no. Tell him, my scar says that his grace is sufficient. My scar says that I shouldn't be here right now. But God, my scar says that God showed up and made a way when there was no other way. My scar says, my scar says. The enemy sees your scars. There are things that won't even come your way because of what you survived. You missed it. I'm not saying you never, I'm, I am telling you biblically speaking that there are things that won't even bother taking their time coming after you because the things will say, well, we tried that and they, 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 it did, not only did not work, they actually came out doing better. So if we don't want them to do better, we better not attack them that way. Because the last time we did that, we thought they were done. And then they got right back up. And we thought they were going to get, but they got up and they got healed. And now they're not even where they used to be. They're even higher than they used to be. They're further than they used to be. They're better than they used to be. Are there any lions in the house who have us? You may look like that. 
but your testimony tells the devil you tried it before don't you dare try it again I'm not just anyone I survived by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony your scar is your testimony I said your scar is your testimony so all the people all the people that are pristine who have no scars God bless you I do worry about people I do I'm being biblically speaking because both Paul and Peter in the New Testament talk about the suffering of our faith our faith is proven both Paul and Peter are explicit in saying that if you're a follower of Christ your faith will be tested your faith will be attacked so if you've never been through anything, some of you look like this, but you put so much religious makeup on. You put the cover up because you want people to think that you've never been through anything. But there's a generation that needs to see the real you. There is a generation that needs to see the scarred you, not the wounded you. A scar is not a wound. A wound is open that can attract bacteria and get infected. You're not wounded, baby. You have a scar. That means the wound has been healed, but you have a testimony to tell the world, look what the Lord has done. Is there anyone who can say, look what the Lord has done? Be you. Let the world know. And we're not talking about giving the enemy glory for what. No. It is about look what the Lord has done. But you tell your children and your children's children. I've been, tell, I've been through something. I survived some things. I fought some things so you wouldn't have to fight them. Is anybody getting this right now? So you're, you're standing with me. Um, This is my story. This is my song. Yeah. Some of the scars are here. Some of the scars are here. When, when we don't see it coming. When we're betrayed by people behind us. And, and yet you look like that. I sense God all over this place. You are that. Jesus is both the lamb and the lion, and we are supposed to put on the fullness of the character of Christ, which means through him, in him, with him, and for him, we are both lambs and lions. One final note here, as we stand. A lion cannot be tamed. Could be demanded. You pass the sand, but we put them in a zoo. We have them in a zoo here, right? So if you do your National Geographical due diligence, and you'll find the following. If you put a lion in a zoo for 20 years, you can make them dance the Macarena if you want. 
Seriously, you can make, teach them how to play Parcheesi if you want. It doesn't matter. The second you let him go, he goes back to the real him. Re don't take my word for it. Because he'll acquiesce for the moment for the purpose of catering to the circumstance because he's a survivor. He'll do whatever it takes to survive. But it, it doesn't stop him from being the real him. The moment you get him out of the cage, he goes back to being the same lion. Because a lion is a lion is a lion is a lion is a lion. You can't, you can't, you can't domesticate a lion. A, a, a lion cannot. I dare you to look at your neighbor and tell him, you can't tame this lion. Tell him, you can't stop me from being who I am in Jesus. And who Jesus is in me. Are you, are you with me? I dare, I dare you to raise your right hand and repeat after me. There's too much glory upon me. You can't tame this lion. There's too much Jesus inside of me. You can't tame this lion. There are too many promises for me. You can't tame this lion. There's too much destiny ahead of me. You can't tame this lion. Try to control you and tell you how to pray and live and prophesy and believe. I'm done. Watch, watch, watch my feet. Watch my feet. That's how a lion actually walks. Google it. <laughs> Take my word for it. The lion actually walks on its tippy toes, not flat-footed. If you Google it, it says the lion walks as if, it, as if it had something constantly underneath its feet. Everybody clapping is clapping because they know. They know. They know. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will crush Satan and place him underneath our feet. Are there any lions in the house? So roar like a lion. Rule like a lion. Live like a lion. Walk like a lion. And the final point here, and I know... I know it's NFL Sunday and all that, but this is a bit more important. What, let me, I have to warn you as your pastor, I can't just finish talking about the lion stuff if I don't warn you of the wannabe lion. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Failure! Watch out for the great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion. Like, like, he's a wannabe lion. Wanna be lying? <sighs> Sing. Because the lamb that was slain and stands is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Sing because Jesus is Lord. Because he overcame. Because he purchased us with his blood. I love it. John was looking for a lion. And a lamb showed up. The lamb showed up. The lamb showed up. You're waiting for, I am the lion. Because a lamb that has been slaughtered and still stands is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Behold the lamb. 
When you are crucified and yet you stand, you are a lion. When you go through hell and come out smelling like heaven, you are a lion. When you lose your ship and yet you're holding on to the anchor, you are a lion. Christ was slain, but he was still standing. The lamb died, but is still standing. The lamb was crucified, but he still stood up. In him, with him, through him, I was crucified and I'm still standing. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. My past died, and yet I'm still standing. My old me died, and yet I'm still standing. As long as Jesus is standing, I can stand. I am crucified of Christ, yet I live. sing because the new song is about the blood all people in the kingdom that will rule forever this church celebrates nine years we sing that new song because of the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb that was slain but still stands new season is a Christ centered Bible based spirit empowered multi-ethnic just like it says here people from all nations all ethnicities all races gathered together and sang the new song Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered. Worthy is the lamb. We're a multi-generational community of Christ followers that explore the word of God, embrace the grace of God, experience the presence of God, and express the love of God all in the name and for the glory of Christ. That's who we are. That's our purpose. Our passion is to facilitate an environment where both personally and corporately every individual will have an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And our promise is that every member of the New Season family, as they grow in Christ, will live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. And with that life, they change the world. Lift up your hands. Where's the lion? And the lamb shows up. Raise your hands. Lord Michelle. Where are you? Where, oh, you should be up here already, guys. Lift up your hands. Let's do the doxology, the new song. As a church with our hands raised, as we celebrate nine years of pushing back darkness and turning on the light of the Lamb, who is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise God. Lift up your hands. All the lambs and lions, we sing that new song. Because of who Jesus is, because of what he did for us, because he is both the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb that was slain but still stands.
So receive everything Jesus did. Receive all who he is. Rise up today as both a lamb and a lion. And let all the hyenas, the wolves, and the serpents, and I am not talking about people. I'm talking about principalities and powers of darkness. Let all the enemies of truth that mock our Judeo-Christian value system, that mock our faith, let our roar be louder than their laughter. In the name of Jesus. At the count of three, all I want is to hear the biggest roar. I want this roar to permeate the internet. And I want all of our viewers around the world to roar with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. Release your roar.